Now look very carefully because one of these things just doesn't belong here. Is it the apple or the, uh, the ice cream cone or the mitten or the hamburger? Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. Welcome to a special post-solo episode 14 of the Wookiee Genome Project, the podcast about everything Star Wars that isn't Star Wars, but also with some Star Wars. And uh, this is my post-solo viewing show. So unlike the Hollywood bigwigs out there in California, uh, I didn't get to see this until today, like all the normies out there. So, And I managed to avoid all meaningful spoilers. I, I, I went into it with... Um, let's say tempered expectations. I had high hopes uh, for the movie, but I wasn't expecting it to be like the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And you know what? I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I really enjoyed all, but about 15 to 20 seconds of this movie. And you probably know what I'm talking about. <sighs> Look, if you haven't seen solo yet, don't listen to what I'm going to say next. Just turn off the podcast. It's not going to be worth it. Nothing I say is going to be worth this because if you're like me, no, no, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Just stop now. Stop now. Stop now. You'll thank me later. Just stop now. I'm waiting for you to stop. You stopped, right? I mean, I guess if you stopped, you wouldn't be yet. The, okay. If you're still here, uh, you, you did this to yourself. Okay. So that Darth Maul cameo at the end, I have never seen a a movie so willingly and gleefully just shoot itself right in the nuts than that cameo what purpose could that possibly serve what look all right all right here's the thing i'm going to set a timer the timer is for five minutes. I'm going to rant about this for five minutes and then I'm never going to speak about this again because I like the rest of the movie too much to, to let this terrible, terrible decision, uh, spoil it. And I'll tell you, like, I, I'm never going to, I, I, all right. So time, timer starting now. Five minutes. All right. So, okay. I have to get this off my chest. All right. So. Right. Darth Maul shows up and you find out that Kira was working for Darth Maul the whole time. You know, Darth Maul, that guy people work for. No, you don't remember that. You don't remember that part about Darth Maul because, oh, wait, yeah, he's just some guy who gets cut in half and doesn't really matter. Oh, like I seriously like I as soon as that image showed up, right, as soon as the hologram shows up, I'm already like. I'm already feeling sick because I don't know who it's going to be, but it, it already looks so out of place. And so wrong that I can't, they don't like, they don't even, oh, 
it's just like, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. They're doing, they're doing some of this Jedi stuff. I don't, I don't want to see that. This is, this is like, uh, no, no. And then it keeps going, right? And then as soon as they, 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 uh, close up on the guy's face before it's revealed, I'm like, oh, I know who this is, right? It has to be because there's only like, you know, you see the robot legs and I'm like, uh, th- that's who it has to be. That's who it has to be. And sure enough, uh, that was who it was. And I immediately just started swearing at the movie. Um, and I didn't stop until he was off the screen. And I hope I ruined the experience for everybody around me because, uh, no, in fact, I, I could only improve it. That there's no, if you enjoyed that, like, look, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't. How, as if. And, and then it's like he does the whole thing. It's like, oh, the big review. It's me, Darth Maul. I was behind. Well, I wasn't really behind anything because it wasn't really important. But did I do? I'm just me, Darth Maul. Remember me? Remember Darth Maul? He's back in hologram form. And then as if they had to just drive a final nail into their scrotum with this, he like reaches out with the force and calls a lightsaber. And does it have just one blade? No, two blades, two red blades. He's the guy with the lightsaber. He lights it up for no reason, for no reason. I guess this means he's going to figure factor into like some future movie. I just seriously like I... I almost, if I probably, I, 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 I felt sick. Like, I know I'm overreacting and I understand that. Like, but just let me do it. Cause my, I've got two minutes left. I wish I had puked. I felt like I was going to, and I wish I had just to register my disgust as plainly and audibly as possible. Just the splatter of vomit on the floor is exactly the next sound you should hear when he takes that cowl off. Why? Why in this movie? This was such a good movie. It was an adventure. It was about Han Solo and Chewbacca having adventures with Lando and the Falcon. And they're having like a good time. And everything's it's a good ending. And uh, you know that she's going to betray him. You know she's going to go away. And she doesn't have to do it in such a dramatic... Like, they don't have to make it... Oh, she's really teamed up with this jackass who nobody cares about, who should be dead because of some goddamn Saturday morning cartoon. Holy... Why did they do that? Why? This is like... It's like, it's like, uh, you, you see somebody at the other end of the bar and they're beautiful. They're just like the most gorgeous human being you've ever met. And you just want to like, you talk them up and you don't think it's going to happen. And then it happens. Everything's going great. And then, then the clothes come off and there's a gigantic, insane clown posse tattoo all over their back, all over their front, everywhere. Why? I, I can't, I can't work with this. I can't ignore this. This has to go and you can't remove it. It's there forever. Why? Why did you do it? What? How does this make the movie better? I just don't understand. Why does he, and why does he light up the lightsaber? What is the point? Is that just something you do? Actually, I ran out of things to say about this. So, oh, hey, my time's up. So, uh, I'm never going to speak about that again. And I will tell you this, like, this is going to mark the very first time I'm announcing it now. The Solo, a Star Wars story, the Robo Redacted Edition. It's going to be exactly like the Solo, a Star Wars story you all saw, except it'll be about 20, 22 seconds shorter. And it will be so much better. So now we're going to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story, the Robo Redacted Edition. And we're, and, and this is the only thing I'm going to be talking about. Cause as far as I'm concerned, that's the movie it is. Yeah. Okay. So not, not thinking about it, not talking about it. No, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So 
the movie where that didn't happen is um, is really good. It's really, really good. It's interesting because, like, you know, if there's if there's one thing, I don't know whether I agree with this criticism, but I do kind of understand it. It's like the last year I had like one too many like like oh surprise, you know, moments where it's like even though you don't really see any of the surprises coming until except the ones they deliberately telegraph, you know. But like, it just felt like after a while, I was like, ah, that's actually, you know, I, I understand that. It's kind of like jump scares. Like you get you get maybe three good ones in a movie, and after that, it just kind of doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't work. Like you can get three maximum, maybe two probably is the best, but like, you know, you, you subvert the audience's expectations so many times and it start, it does start to leave a bad taste in, in people's mouth. Now, in that case, in that movie's case, I think it was all worth it because it, it served the, the purpose of the, of the thing. But in this, in this movie, it's interesting because almost everything happens exactly the way you think it's going to. Like the people who betray each other are the ones you know are going to do it. Everything that you know is like, it's kind of like the, the interesting thing is it's it's like that Snoke moment, right? Where you know that, oh, he dude's going to get killed by that lightsaber that he's left and he's not paying attention to. And it's increases the dramatic tension of that moment. And it's kind of like that with this movie because, you know, oh, wait, Han Solo wouldn't be like a bitter, cynical, like trash talking spaceman if everything did not go horribly wrong for him. So he he, he is going to have to learn that everybody but Chewie will betray you and cheat you. And that's the way it's going to be. And if you're going to do good things in, with your life, if you in his life, in his line of business, if you're going to be a good guy, you better get used to people totally taking advantage of you. Cause that's just the price you pay for trying to do something good. The infus nest thing. It kind of, I, I kind of like that actually. It's like they didn't have to. It's interesting because the movie doesn't really have uh, a, it doesn't really have a, a, like great villains in it. Um, Paul Bettany's character, I think was very threatening. He was very intimidating, but you didn't really get to spend enough time with him to, for him to be a good, good, like a truly good villain. And I, I don't count Beckett as a villain per se. He's just, a he, he's just like, that's the difference between a, a scoundrel and a true dirt bag, I guess is what you would say. I was kind of put off by like how, I mean, there's some stuff in the movie that didn't really land. They didn't really stick the landing where like, uh, with, uh, Val, like, you know, she, she, I, I must've missed something. I'm sure I'll notice it the second time I watch. I mean, the first time I watched the Robo redacted edition, right. I, I'm sure I'll figure out why she had to do that. But, uh, that was like kind of a weird thing where I don't know whether they, uh, I don't know whether that was clear enough to the audience or maybe maybe i just missed something important i always do the first time i see these and i also thought it was kind of weird how quickly he moved past that it was pretty cool to see like rio and that was a good character i was getting a strong rocket raccoon vibe from him but they when they didn't make him rocket raccoon which was nice and it's amazing how much this movie the story pays homage to the uh the Han Solo and Lando adventures. I would say that even the AC Crispin books get their due. And those are the ones that had to be, would have to be retconned the most or not retconned, but like they, that's the stuff like the first, what's it called? The paradise snare. But there's so much stuff in it that's still in there. Like he, it, he does start out working for like a, uh, what's it? A Fagan S character, like David Copperfield. It's a, it's a similar thing. He like has to like bust his way out of a gang, 
there's like I love that what's what was her name Mother Proxima character that was so cool like just like this weird like caterpillar creature coming from the swamp that's just dripping with the uh, with gold jewels and stuff that they get stolen by the 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 street rats that work for her and he like pulls like a Bruce Lee and like like shines the light on her like Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Game of Death and uh, I loved uh, I gotta say like Alden's performance I thought was good. I thought it was really good. And yeah, he doesn't sound like Harrison Ford, but you know, like there were times where like, I felt like Donald Glover's Billy D impression was almost distracting. Like it was good. There was only a couple moments where I was like, ah, that's actually a little bit too close. <laughs> it's, it's disturbing how good it is at times. Whereas with Alton, like he really did seem like this is Han Solo just a, like before he, before he has every last bit of uh, naivete beaten out of him by the cruel galaxy. And it, it was really he really did it like he felt like han solo like he's smart but he's not too smart things usually go wrong but he's got he is capable of staying one step ahead of everybody but like yeah like i love the giant space octopus that was as cool as i'd hoped i love stuff like that that got weird that was great i loved just that shot of the uh i mean we knew it was there because of the trailers and everything but i wish they hadn't shown us that because i really would have loved to see that star destroyer coming out of the cloud and not be expecting because you really don't expect the empire to be there because they're not there's like no maybe i missed it but there's no imperial presence on on uh, kessel and i like how like they referenced that he did get drummed out of the navy whatever tie fighter core or something like that it's interesting like it was really weird to see the the mimban the the trench warfare sequence it was really cool really liked it oh and by the way i totally called it about like the first like han and chewy like i figured the first time they're going to meet she was going to like beat him within an inch of his life i was right on the money on that one now is that as big of a prediction as it could be no no it's not as big a prediction but who else saw that coming hmm? yeah hmm? just saying and that was really cool. I love that. Like, we'll feed him to the beast. And, and you know, it's Chewbacca, right? You knew it, but it's still cool. Like, cause they knew it was Chewbacca. That's, that's how I figured you'd have to show Chewbacca, like, as a threat, as like, a, this is something for them to overcome. That's why I knew they were going to do it. Yeah. We all know they're going to be friends, but it doesn't matter because the movie works. I do got to wonder, like, what is the point of having the army guys and the stormtroopers? Like, it's weird. They like make the stormtroopers cops on Corellia, but then like, all the army guys, the Imperial army guys are, are like there's stormtroopers, And then there's also like the, you know, Veer's armor wearing people. Um, although I do like that. I just, it's kind of weird. I guess the stormtroopers kind of are like the Marines, if you think of them that way, but then they've got the Naval troopers and they're not there at all. But yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't need to make sense. I loved it. I love the design on that. Um, those uh, things. I like how it wasn't just like another stormtrooper. It was like something unique. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of cool stuff. So I'm going to be, uh, King Tom's going to be joining me in the nearish future. And we're going to be talking about the Han Solo, uh, adventures, the Brian Daly novels that I think were, this fits right into those with the one exception. Um, and it's, it is, it is a, you can imagine that this is like the next things he does would be to, to go on those adventures. It's the exactly the same take on the character. It's exactly the kind of, it's just, it, he lives a life of adventure, Han Solo and, and Chewie in there. You, you can imagine. And then, the, but the, the, the shocking thing was even more so than those were the references to the Lando Calrissian adventures by O'Neill Smith. Um, there were 
tons of those. Every time Lando rattles something off to his diary when he's writing his memoirs, um, he's referencing something that happened in one of those books. It, it, very interestingly, so he talks about like how he was uh, the Sharu and how he was in the temple of the of the Sharu on whatever it was, and it was just him and L3. So L3 right there is taking the place of Vufi Ra, which is the starfish droid from like I don't know what, maybe a droid from another galaxy or something that was in those books. So it's kind of interesting because yeah, now granted Lando is a liar, so he could be making it up, but I'd like to think that that stuff really happened in some form or another. And it is cool. Like Boofy Ra was an interesting droid character because although didn't have like a point of view was kind of like an outsider in another sense. And that it was a droid that was built by another species that no longer existed and wasn't anywhere. It was the only one of its kind had kind of a personality. It was a character that Lando could build a relationship with. And I really liked uh, L3's uh, relationship with Lando. I mean, it's over fast. I got to admit, like it's the movie does kill off a lot of characters in the first like 30 minutes um, or maybe 40 minutes, but, but it's earned, you know, they get, they give you just enough of L3 to think that, Oh, L3 is going to be there. She'll be there for the rest of the movie. And then, Oh no, she's not. Okay. And then they plug her into the computer and she's a part of the Falcon. Now, I did, could have done without that, but it doesn't, it's not terrible because it's not, I mean, I guess it's, it's all right. Like some other people called that a while ago and uh, good on them, but I kind of, I wish it weren't true because it does seem kind of silly. I, I did enjoy I, I enjoyed L3 a lot. Now, look, in terms of where this fits in in like the pantheon of Star Wars movies now, like I got to say, like I, it was better than I expected. Um, and I expected it to be pretty good. That said, I think that again, and then we're talking about the Robo redacted edition here. We're not talking about the one with the, the unpleasantness. Um, the, uh, it, it goes for me. I kind of like it better than Rogue One, but I feel like Rogue One had just a little bit more a kind of purpose to it. I think it was very, I mean, it, this one has no effect on the galaxy. Really. They were kind of teasing it with the, like, Oh, Infus nest. They're going to start a, 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 a rebel, an alliance of rebels and things like that. And that's, that's all right. I mean, that one also felt kind of flat to me. It, it's going to be interesting to see if they use that character again. I really liked uh, the choice of, the actress playing Invis Nest looked uh, great, like very different, like not it's just it could have been a, a really hacky. They could have done it like either like some huge scar on her face or they could have made it just like absolutely drop dead gorgeous for some reason. But they didn't. And they, they made it like, oh, she's like a misfit kid. And I like that a lot. She's kind of like like Pippi Longstocking gone horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, <laughs> I really like that. I dig that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like in terms of like what I wanted out of a, a Han Solo adventure story, it, it pretty much nailed it. It didn't actually feel like it was stuffing in too much lore. Um, thankfully, it really didn't. Like it, it's uh, it was tastefully done. Oh, I was so delighted not to see R two and three PO show up for no apparent reason, because that would have just been weird. And you know, like we didn't get Boba Fett. Thank God. I mean, that would have been terrible. Um, and they've announced their Boba Fett movie, and I'm sure Darth Maul is going to be in that. I I might not even see it if that's the case. I cannot stomach that garbage. But we're talking about the Robo Redacted Edition of Solo A Star Wars Story. Coming soon to a 
Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disseminate. It's just going to be for me because I don't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, man, I made the movie better. No, I made it, I made it so I can watch it without feeling physically ill. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I got to say, like, I, there's, there's just so much cool stuff. I love, I, in terms of like world building and stuff like that, you know, where they're not trying to deliberately tie it in to the other movies, including movies that has no business being tied to. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job. They they resisted temptation. There was no like Han shoots first joke. He does shoot Beckett. You know that's what they're gonna do uh, as soon as it as soon as you see Beckett like put his finger on the trigger there. But yeah, it's like that's exactly what he should do. It's like no sentimentality. That guy's dead to you now. He just showed showed you who he was, and that's who you got to be. Uh, I like that. Uh, interestingly enough, the life debt. And maybe I missed something. I did have to use the uh, the little boy's room once. So I may have missed something. So maybe the life debt thing is in there, but I didn't hear it, which I was kind of interested in that. They didn't go that route. I was interested that the, the character that everybody thought was Chewie's wife was not, it was just another Wookiee and he just cares about the Wookiees. And I do like the, I love the droid revolt. It just, uh, that was a cool scene prison. I got to tell you, like, so years ago, I mean, years ago, before we had like the Disney buyout and all that, I was uh, grousing with uh, my brother about what what kind of Star Wars movie I'd want to make. Like us, you know, it's like oh, you know, because it was just it was just a, it was just us, and we both were not happy with the direction that the series had gone. And then we, you know, and it was interesting because we we're like, well, okay, so if you're going to make a Star Wars movie, like what's left to do? What kind of planets are left, for example? What environments are left? What kinds of big action set pieces are left? What kinds of uh, locations and things can you visit that would, that haven't been done yet? And it's hard to think about that stuff. Like, and so like one of the things I came up with was a, uh, a prison breakout of like a mining colony. I kid you not. Like I cannot prove this and that's okay. It's amazingly weird. Like in my mind's eye, right? Like I thought, Oh, it'd be so cool to see like this, you know, like a real mine where there's like this terraced crater that was dug out of the ground. Now I was thinking it should be on a planet that was like once like a huge city planet, but it was devastated by a big war. And so they were like salvagers and they would go in and that's by the way that showed up in, in force awakens. Right. And they would be told to go down into the depths and find like the good technology stuff that survived. And then they would stage a breakout to get out. This had no, like I didn't, I didn't have like a broader story idea or anything like that. I was just trying to think of stuff that hadn't been done yet that seemed Star Warsy, and I and I got it. That's so cool. Like, and oh, the other crazy thing is, is it's um, it's very clearly based on uh, Kessel looks a lot like. I'm blanking on the name here. There's a weird mineral desert, and I think Ethiopia, that has these like weird, like crazy pools and stuff with the the you saw them on Kessel. Like they they dump some guards into these like these mineral pools with these weird like mineral rock formations and stuff this i can prove because it's on my tumblr uh star wars blog my long neglected one uh that i did before i had like a billion jillion podcasts and it's still out there so you go to i think it's called making sense of star wars and you search out like because i did this i did some location scouting things where i was like trying to figure out what kinds of planets haven't been done yet and oh god no maybe i haven't done it Oh, I did the island in Yemen. No, maybe I never got around to that post. So I can't prove it after all. And they didn't go to Yemen because there's like a huge war there and it sucks. But 
Uh, I wish I had done that. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But it's, it's this crazy desert. And I was, I remember looking at it. I was like, man, you just tint the sky a different color. And that is a Star Wars planet. Now they didn't, I don't think they actually went there. Maybe they did, but I doubt it. They probably just based it, but it was definitely based on that location. That was also really weird to see and quite gratifying. So again, these are things I probably can't prove, but you know what? I don't have to prove them. I, I know and I'm happy that, uh, that there are like-minded people out there. I just wish they were in control of like, you know, select 22 seconds of the movie and somebody said hey wait a second that might be a really bad idea that might take people out of the movie that might make people remind people of things that they don't want to be reminded of and that that don't need to be here and that's gratuitous maybe that's a stupid idea maybe we shouldn't do that you know because we have like a good movie here and oh yeah they did they went there but not in the robo redacted edition coming soon to my blu-ray player can't wait. Really like that one. Um, yeah, so get about time to hit the old dusty trail here. What else did I want to say? Uh, you know, <laughs> I thought the shout out to Terrace Cossey, you know, everybody will have pointed this out by now, but that was like the martial art that was invented by, um, or by, for a PlayStation fighting game that's terrible. But that was a, that was a cute shout out. That was all right. And the reason why I bet you got that is because guess who wrote the backstory for that manual? That's right. Pablo Hidalgo. He did that. So yeah, that's, yeah. You know, what else is great about this? So many good things. I mean, you know, I got like, again, like I didn't, I don't know whether I felt like the movie was overstuffed. I felt like there was enough breathing time. There's like that nice, like, fireside chat you know that campfire scene right before the big uh train heist that was cool i like that woody harrelson is a lucky man i wonder how many takes he got to give a big uh smooch to thandy newton that was pretty cool I, I actually i was not expecting that um and uh, it was it was a cool thing to do i it was kind of i guess that tells you something like the I, although I do think that he was, he kind of gets over it really quickly. Beckett does. That is kind of hinting to the audience that this guy really, like, he's like uh, Al Pacino in the movie Heat, I think, where he's like, never get involved in anything that you're not willing to drop at a moment's notice and walk away from forever. And that includes, you know, the love of his life, apparently. So, and that tells you something. Like, he's, he's gonna, he can put it behind him or he can compartmentalize that stuff. I do. I love how Lando ditches them. That's great. <laughs> uh, it's just, there's so much like, this is, I mean, this is kind of what I was, one thing I was afraid of when Ron Howard was announced is I'm not like a huge Ron Howard fan. Like I, I don't dislike the guy and I was happy that I knew that that meant we were going to get Clint Howard, which is, you know, I mean, Clint Howard has to be in star Wars somewhere and he's exactly who you want him to be. Um, skeevy, but, the thing about Ron Howard is like his, there's nothing distinctive about his style. It's just kind of like, it's not, he's not a Spielberg. He's like kind of a lesser Spielberg. Like Spielberg is, would do a lot more. Spielberg is good about building tension and expressing danger and making you anticipate that danger. And then you see the danger narrowly averted and it feels like you saw something that, it feels like you were taken on that ride. Whereas I felt like there's a lot of peril in this movie that just wasn't communicated very well. 
Um, and that is a problem that it shares with a lot of movies, including a lot of Star Wars movies. Um, even the very good ones have that issue where it's just, you know, like you take a movie like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, right? Which is not the best Indiana Jones movie. It's a competent movie. It's got its fair share of problems. But whenever there's a danger in that movie, the movie shows you all the pieces that it needs to show you to know what that danger is, why it's dangerous and, and what's going to, you know, and, and how, like, it makes you understand what, why, you know, it's just like the rock crusher thing, right? It's like kind of a silly, you know, obstacle thing, but it's like, Oh, he's got to fight that guy. And he's on top of the rock crusher. Yeah. Is it a repeat of like the, the propeller fight guy on the tarmac and Raiders? Yeah, it is. But it, the point is, is that it works because it, the, it shows you the peril coming. It makes you anticipate it. And, and it feels good. I felt like there's moments in this movie that where that should have been the case. And it just wasn't, it was just, the editing wasn't there for it and the it, it just it just zoomed past it too fast and yeah it just that, that's a shame because I, I do feel there's something kind of generic about this one in a way that isn't the case with any of the other disney era movies i think yeah what a wild ride what a wild ride that was now nah, i mean it's, I, it was, I, I loved i felt like there was just enough imagination and heart to this to, to really carry the day and that's all it really needs it's just this is this is what i wanted with one exception the redact is robo redacted edition is what i wanted it was cool to see shout outs and callbacks and, and reinterpretations of some of that old stuff and this is what i mean when i say that old stuff still matters in some sense of the word like it's still there it's it's especially the older it is or the more established it is it's baked into the dna of star wars and it's the better stuff that's baked into the dna of star wars it's the stuff that really nailed the spirit and helped define it and even like helped kind of set the parameters for what might not work <laughs> oh lando's obsession with his clothes and stuff that's right out of the lando books they truly got the character. The dialogue was good. And I feel like I'm going to be catching more of like the funny little lines and stuff like that the next time I see it. But you know what? I'm not expecting this one to really grow on me that much because it's kind of, it's not that kind of movie. It's not challenging. It gets the characters right. And that's all you got to do. Get the characters right and send them on a good adventure and film it competently and have cool costumes and cool effects. And there's a giant caterpillar queen coming out of the swamp and she's dripping with pearls. I mean, how can you top that? I mean, if, if anything, that the, the movie could have done one more with uh, with with Caterpillar Queen. Are you ready to play one of these things that's not like the others? Come up really close to the set so you can see. Okay. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the others? Before I finish my song. So that's all for this uh, special uh, after after viewing solo spoilerific version of the podcast. Expect the next one to be the rest of my conversation with the amazing, brilliant beyond brilliant Katie McCourt. We're gonna, we talk about all kinds. It gets weird, 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 and it is a lot of fun. My uh, five minute rant, notwithstanding. I hope everybody who <laughs> I promise Steele is like Steele. Don't joke with me about this now. I will have a sense of humor about it tomorrow, but just give me one night of rage. But you know what? Like I said, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's behind me. And I'm never going to see it again. Because from now on, it's Robo Redacted Edition, solo a Star Wars story. I give it a thumbs up. And uh, thanks for joining me on this one. Thanks for tolerating my uh, ridiculous nerd rant. 
And until next week, so long, That was fun, but if you want to have some more fun, let's go over to the play yard because Lou Rawls is over there and he's got a terrific song.